live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Tim and I have talked about when he, when, when he was a quarterback in the NFL, that was a big topic. I was so busy, I didn't give him the time. And what do you think? You think? And I didn't know. I was too busy to even think it through. I know that playing a position in the National Football League without, you know, the, that's a long shot. And that was both of our, this was years ago. And then how did it happen this time? We had a conversation. Um, he worked out with our tight end coach. I stopped by, did not stay for the whole workout. And then our focus went to the NFL draft. We're going to revisit it here in the near future. Uh, that's how that all happened. I have one job, and that's to win games at the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Tim Tebow or, or uh, Travis Etienne can help us win, then that's my job to get him ready to go play. So I had that decision. I was certainly not made yet. Uh, that is Urban Meyer over the weekend on Tim Tebow. Jags haven't said anything, by the way. It's certainly trending that way. Just, I think everybody knows that. I'm just saying, Brent. It feels about right. Tight end? Get in that two-point stance. I brought a football if you want to test it. Okay. And, I mean, I got in Trevor Lawrence, like, whistling arms talent. I mean, basically, it's a it's a, it's a reenactment, if you will. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like when you watch, like, those murder shows, it's a reenactment <laughs> yeah. with, like, the like, the really questionable actors? This is a That's dramatization. That's what we're bringing to the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I want to get to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And what he said, and if you believe him, <laughs> coming up in just a moment. But let's get yeah. to the phone lines quick here on uh, 4 o'clock hour. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. We're live at 121 Financial Ballpark, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Opening up tonight right here on ESPN 690. Pre-game show starts at 6.50. First pitch, 7.05. We'll take you until 6 o'clock right here from the ballpark. As batting practice now underway, which means we've got some tunes as well. But, Stephen, uh, what's up today here on a Tuesday? Hey, not too much, guys. Hey, I got a big, uh, I got a question for you. Um, we're doing an in-work betting uh, bet uh, where we're trying to pick up uh, the winners for their divisions this year. And I'm, and there's two divisions I'm kind of tussling with right now, just because of what happened in off season and what they've got in the draft and what they did in free agency. And that's the AFC uh, North with uh, the Browns. Steelers, Baltimore, and Bengals. Uh, a lot of people would say Baltimore, but I think Browns is they really kind of well-rounded themselves right now. And the NFC East or NFC Least, I, everybody says Dak back, the Cowboys win. I, I, I got to go Washington. That defense is, is, is going to crack some skulls this year. All right, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Uh, those are two tough calls. Uh, yes. I, you know, I'll probably ride with Dallas again. Uh, even oh, though Brent, they can they, disappoint again. They hurt you year after year. It's the gift that keeps on giving, a tradition like no other. Has Washington done enough at QB, though, to really convince you to, to buy the faith? And I understand their they defense is good. And, and by the way, I, I like Ron Rivera and Del Rio, mm-hmm. and I, I think they got good coaches over there. Mm-hmm. I even think keep an eye on a good sleeper pick this year again will be the Giants. Not oh, here we go. Because of uh, Daniel if, Jones. Well, it's going to be his year. It's put up or shut up time for sure. Daniel Jones. And they have built a little bit more around him. Yeah. As well, uh, and they're coming off of what most people believe is a pretty good draft. So, but I still would ride with the Cowboys. I mean, I think the Cowboys did a lot to fix their defense. I don't know if they can immediately fix their defense, yeah. but it can't be much worse. Yeah. Um, regretfully, I probably agree with you on the Cowboys. Uh, Washington, I get it that their defense is a force to be reckoned with, but that quarterback position, man, that's everything. And keep in mind, Dallas faltered last year because Dak Prescott was out. 
Well, with the emergence of C.D. Lamb now on that slot, you still got Amari Cooper. Um, you had some interesting things there. I would probably roll with Dallas personally. And then out of that AFC North, man, you know, that's always up for grabs. It's always the team that you would least expect. So I would almost say if I follow that philosophy, it would be the Steelers. But I can't, you know, the the football knowledge of me and my sense says pick the Cleveland Browns. Their defense only got better. Yeah. They have the running game. Baker Mayfield gets more confidence. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. I just think that they're too talented to, to falter. So yeah. I, I would pick the Browns. And Beckham comes back and see if that's a good thing or a bad yeah, thing for the Browns. It's right? a good point. Uh, I think you got to be careful with the Browns that they're the 2018 Jaguars. And they, yeah. they look like they're, you know, just yeah. be careful because Chicago was like that. Yeah. The Jags have been like that. There's been teams that have been like that. Now, San Francisco is a little bit like that, but that was a lot of injury reasons that they were like that. So <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, we do have these one-year wonders, and, and then what happens? So keep an eye on that. I think Browns could be a candidate for that. Uh, but I like the Browns over, going into it. I do. Uh, I think the Steelers could surprise because it feels like this last-ditch desperate effort yeah. for the Steelers uh, to oh, yeah. get it done. Cincinnati, of course, isn't ready. But I think I would probably overall pick Baltimore. I think they're the most yeah, steady Baltimore. team. And, and, again, keep in mind, they're still kind of aging on defense, too. They they are kind of this last-ditch run, at least the makeup of their football team. They've got some youth as well, yeah. and they can flip it over. But the Clays, Campbells of the world, you know I mean? How much they more Clays, are you going to ride with them? But keep in mind, you, you lost Yannick, you, you lost Judon, some pretty solid pieces there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I would probably – I think the steady pick is Baltimore. Okay. I think because you know what you're getting. Okay. I don't know what I'm getting with everybody else. I'm not buying exactly what I'm getting. There you go, Steven. Brent's got Baltimore. And I got Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and I think either pick is a good one, but seriously. And this so you is a fair question. It's going to be the, the Bengals all year. Yeah, this is a fair question. And we both think the Steelers could surprise. But fair question is, would you put your stock in Cleveland or would you put it in, put it in Baltimore? Like if you were going to throw some money down. I, I would put my money on a Baltimore See, franchise that is still No, I know. I, I know. I, I would still probably take Cleveland. I just think the firepower is so much more... Um, apparent than Baltimore. All right, uh, Tom Brady says to, I think Shannon Sharp it was, says he'd trade two Super Bowl rings of the seven mm-hmm. for the perfect season when the Patriots were 18-0, and lost in the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. Uh, that was the Tyree year. Yeah. Uh, so do you believe him? Well, this is coming from zero Super Bowl winner Austin Lane here. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I do believe him, but because why, why would he make it up? But at the same time, why would you do that? Like, I don't know, Brent. Like, maybe you can relate to this better. Like, I didn't grow up for the Dolphins in 72, you know, when yeah. they had that historic run. Everybody talks about the Miami Dolphins. Like, when people mention the 72 Dolphins to me, I'll be honest. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it, it's not like that. Like, I think of more the 85 Bears, honestly, than the 72 Dolphins uh, like, in terms of just what the yeah, defense yeah. meant. So, like, going undefeated didn't really mean that much to me because I, I wasn't around it. Now, you, I don't think you were around it either. No. Um, but, like, does that mean something to you? Not really. As, as a football fan, going undefeated doesn't mean much to me. A Super Bowl win is a Super Bowl win yeah. in my book. But I will say this. In Tom Brady's world, where he's got everything. <laughs> it's something he hasn't right? done. Yeah. I mean, he had a chance. They had a legit chance. I mean, they had – if you can build a superpower team, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was a team that nobody could stop. And they got stopped. Yeah. And if they played ten times, I don't think the Giants beat them. More than the one time, I really don't. It's possible. Yeah. So it was the one in tenor yeah. that the Giants pulled that off, in my opinion. Uh, and so I think Brady feels the same way, mm-hmm. and Brady feels like they blew it. 
they blew that perfect season. Not only just the Super Bowl, but that perfect season. Mm-hmm. So I get where he's coming from. And from a legacy standpoint, he's still the greatest of all time if he wins five Super Bowls instead of seven. Correct. Right? Correct. But if he wins five plus the undefeated year, it's, I think that would just be like that extra notch that yeah. you're untouchable because nobody – it's so hard to do. I mean, look at the Dolphins. They pop champagne every year, mm-hmm. and it might be become harder to do now in a 17-game slate, and potentially who knows if we get to 18 someday. So I think uh, – I do believe him. I don't think it's very nice to the two Super Bowls that he would give away to the teammates. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Um yeah, like I said, I think it's it's one thing that Brady can't say that he's done um, in in a game where he's essentially done everything um, at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I buy into that narrative. But at the same time, I mean, seven sounds a lot better than five, Brent. It, it really does, man. So, um, I don't know. In my opinion, I think he's putting a little too much stake on going undefeated because, once again, like people from my generation, we don't talk about the undefeated Dolphins. The only yeah. time that, that Dolphins team comes up is when a team does lose a game. and It's, it's like looking like they're going to go undefeated, and all of a sudden they don't go undefeated. And it's like, ah, the Dolphin players are smoking cigars and drinking champagne. They're celebrating. Fantastic, man. I don't. I, don't, I wasn't alive. Yeah, yeah. That, so. I agree with that. Yeah. It, it doesn't do. Even if uh, Gonzaga had gone undefeated, yeah, I would celebrate Gonzaga winning the title at thirty-four and two, just as much as I would at thirty-six and zero. Like, Correct. I, 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 I get why it means something to them and to the history of the sport, and it hasn't been done a lot. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just don't give it much recognition. Mm-hmm. You win, you win, yeah. and, and you don't, you don't. <laughs> and yeah. that's what bugs Brady more than anything is the fact that they were. Of all the Super Bowls have been pretty tight for Brady, you know, actually with the exception of this last one. But they've lost some, they've won a lot, and a lot of them could have gone either way. Yeah, and a lot that, of that was one. Yeah, and, and that was one that he probably thought going in that this shouldn't go any way but good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that that should this should be a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. We are better than them. Mm-hmm. And obviously, give a lot of credit to Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, and the New York Giants. They played better on that day and got it done. That's why we love sports. But um, I can I can see why that would bother him. Although I can't imagine the guy loses sleep over much. <laughs> no, man. You're still Tom Brady at the end of the day. you got a lot of stuff going for you. Congratulations. Hey, uh, what, um, what, why do you think, like, what does keep Brady? Like, if you know that about Brady. Yeah. And he just won another one. He did it without Bill. So people could say, okay, let's see if he can win without Bill. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is he, like, what is keeping this guy going? Is it only to now say, I told you guys I can play until I'm 44, 45 years old. I'm going to prove it because I said it. Like, I feel like that's the only thing Brady's now playing for is to say, years ago, when he was like 38, 39 years old, might even been 37, he said, listen, I can play until I'm 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the quote, something yeah. to that, that effect. And, so, and people say, <laughs> you're right, Tom. You yeah. can't play till you're 45, dude. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. way. The Patriots even said, Tom, we don't think you can play till you're 45. That's why we didn't sign you to a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are. you know. And, and i got to believe that's the only real reason he's still doing this. I mean, yeah, you love the game. You don't want to give it up. You're still playing at a good level, and you win. But the real the, the motivation behind him, if you ripped it all apart and you took apart the layers, I think – the underbelly of why he still plays is that, that he said that he can play until he's 44, 45 years old, and he's going to show you that he can do it. So to me, there's two major reasons why Tom Brady is still doing the dang thing. Um, the first reason to me, you know, like in the game, of, you know, like when you play in the NFL, there is some luck involved. There's luck involved in the play calling and your opponents um, where you end up. And I think people love to say that Tom Brady lucked out by going to the New England Patriots. 
and playing in a Bill Belichick system um, and playing in a Bill Belichick culture. I think people want to say that if Tom Brady went someplace else, if he was drafted to any other team, he wouldn't have as much success as he had in New England. Now, is that a fair argument? Probably, okay, because the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick thing, it was, it was a match made in heaven. But even when, you know, Brady was winning his Super Bowls in New England, you got the sense like, yeah, he was the quarterback, he was the field general, but it was still the Bill Belichick show. It, it, it was still, you know, the culture, um, it was all that stuff. It was the dictatorship of Bill Belichick. So then when Brady leaves and goes to Tampa Bay, to me that was him saying, you know what, I could have went anywhere I wanted. I, 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 could have, I could go anywhere and win a Super Bowl because I'm that talented. Now, once again. You go to Tampa Bay with a lot of talent, a lot of wide receivers, a lot of uh, guys at your disposal. Like, it was a match made in heaven from Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. But we got the sense when when, when, uh, Tom Brady goes to Tampa, it wasn't, well, it's Bruce Arians' culture and Bruce Arians' scheme with Tom Brady. No, it was essentially Tom Brady's team. No, Bruce Arians is a great coach, but you get what I'm trying to say here. So that was the first reason. It was showing everybody, hey, yeah, Bill Belichick helped me a lot in my career, and he helped me win, but if I would have got drafted by any other team, I still would have won Super Bowls. That's how talented I am. And the second point is what you alluded to a little bit in terms of going one-on-one with father time. When people say that you can't do something, that you're too old, and you have the predispositions of, all right, when a quarterback gets to be in his 40s, that's it. It's game over. Um, You know, we'll see you later. You're a backup. And I think Tom Brady takes that personally. I think he takes it personally because sometimes he needs that motivation. We see this all the time on Twitter when people want to badmouth him. He'll have this little cryptic tweets or he'll have a little smirk of a video with Rob Gronkowski. Like, Brady sometimes needs fuel as well. And it's crazy because he's like, he's like the ultimate competitor. But also it's when you can last for 43, 44, you know, when you're 44 years old and you're still playing in the NFL, like, that's a testament to your work ethic um, and just how much the game means to you. Because it's a lot more than just lifting weights, doing mobility. It's eating the right stuff, taking care of your body, getting the proper sleep, the proper nutrition, all this stuff. And I think Brady loves that. I think he, he loves to turn back the hands of time and say, Father, time might be undefeated, but I'm going to give it the best goal that I can. And right now he's doing that. I still believe Tom Brady now is like so much more likable outside the the Patriots organization. <laughs> One, because it was part of the Patriot machine sure, and yeah. the dynasty, and that's just natural. Yeah, yeah. But he's fun and funny. Well, he's he's having a lot more fun. He is. You can tell. Like, I mean, did you see this? what he said about Edelman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to find the actual uh, the quote that he said. He said, he's too scared to tell Billy wants to come to Tampa. I've been there. I've been there, yep. <laughs> Love it. I mean, that's great stuff, man. Yeah. I mean... It, I, he he's fun. He is. I, I yeah. But, I'm not tired of Brady. I really am not. I mean, get tired of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't find myself tired of Brady. I think this is a refreshing Brady. It's like this new world Brady. I don't find myself rooting for Tampa to go back to back either necessarily. I think the guys had enough Super Bowl rings. Yeah. But he is phenomenal. Enjoy it while you can. He he, he does register. That way with me, yeah. uh, that when you get to see these kind of athletes, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Tom Brady, enjoy it. Because uh, Father Time will catch up soon enough, and we sure. won't have any more of that. Well, but I, I think Brady is really refreshing at this point in his career. Well, and I love it because, like you said, he's having fun. But most importantly, he's showing that he didn't need the Patriots. Like, you know, the, the, the Patriots, they're you know, one of the greatest dynasties of all time. You know, one of, one of the greatest football cultures of all time. And it will probably never, ever be duplicated. 
But ironically, when we talk about those teams that had so much success, how many stars do those do those teams really have that we still talk about to this day? Like, what is what is Danny Amendola doing with his life? Yeah. I have no idea. You know, like, I mean, I can go up and down from the list on offense and defense and name these names that were such a pivotal part of that franchise where we have no idea anymore. But we have other guys from different teams that are stars in the NFL. It, it just it, it goes to show you just, you know, the... You know, I guess the machine was greater than the sum of its parts, let's just say. And Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay shows that, you know what, yes, I came from the machine, we had a lot of success, but I can do it without that machine as well. And that's cool to see. Alright, one last element on Brady. I didn't know we were going to go whole segment Brady here, but what yeah, the heck, crazy. right? Yeah, might as well. Well, because the Aaron Rodgers continues to be in the news, right, and what's going on in Green Bay. Yeah. But I do think Tom Brady and what he did going to Tampa... What he did with his influence over guys like Gronk and Antonio Brown, uh, to say the least, and, and maybe even others, mm. I think that got us going on the Russell Wilson saga earlier this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of the Aaron Rodgers saga. Yeah. Like, A-Rod has got to be looking at Tom Brady, much like Russell Wilson potentially was, and saying, you guys can't draft me a first-round guy. You're going to draft my backup? But I got Brady over here basically hand-picking guys to come down to Tampa, and they kept them all? Yeah. Like, they found a way to keep all these guys, and you but, can't even go get me a guy? Yeah, and, and that's what it is, Brent. You know, I mean, listen, we don't know the, the inner workings of, of what Brady and the Patriots organization and what they went through in terms of when the draft happened and stuff like that, but we get this sense that Tom Brady still had a say in how that process went out. You know, now we're seeing the latest – chapter of the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers saga where he wanted to keep a guy by the name of Kumro, who was a, a wide receiver out of Whitewater. Kind of like the, the hometown small school story that Packer fans really gravitate towards. Usually it's a it's a fullback and John Kuhn, but this time it was Kumro and people loved him and Aaron Rodgers was a, a huge proponent about him. Said he wanted to keep him. Well, what did the Packers do? They cut him, right? So you had Aaron Rodgers going to say, hey, I think we should keep this guy. I like this guy a lot. We can win with this guy. And the organization turns around and says, yeah, we respect you, Aaron, but we think it's best for the team, right? So you're not listening to your star quarterback. You're not listening to essentially the captain of the team. You get the sense that when Tom Brady was even in New England and he would have said that, I think Bill would have trusted him, right? I think Robert Kraft would have trusted him and said, okay, if you want to keep this guy, we trust you, Tom, so be it. And Aaron Rodgers isn't getting that reciprocated in Green Bay. Well, he's especially getting that kind of treatment in Tampa, though. I mean, oh, it yeah. feels like he's he's helping oh, no, GM he's... the team yeah. at times. And, yeah. and they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying player knows best. I think there is a pecking order. But, yeah. but the influence of a guy like that, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he's earned that. He's carried them so many years. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has earned that. Maybe Russell Wilson has earned a little bit more of a voice. I mean, we've debated this topic before. Deshaun Watson was the same way, right? I yeah. mean, Watson wanted more influence but, on what was going on internally. See, but what drives me crazy, though, Brent, is like I feel like if you're a coach, like I mean, listen, we see Bruce Arians. Has Bruce Arians had more fun as a coach than any other coach in NFL history? Like we've seen him on the sidelines. You saw him at the Super Bowl party, like at the parade or whatever. Like that dude's having fun, man. Like that that guy's always been a lovable character, but he's having fun with Tom Brady. You know why? Because he can see, hey, Tom Brady. You make your decisions. I'll put it in cruise control, put my feet back, and, I, and I'll let you run the show. Because it happened with Antonio Brown. There's many examples of that with Tom Brady. Now, yes, it's still Bruce Arians as the head coach, but it almost seems like he gave the keys a little bit to Tom Brady and said, go have fun, kid. Let's go on a Super Bowl. And that's what they did. Green Bay's not doing that. So behind closed doors, did Trevor Lawrence make the Travis Etienne pick? <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. I think the, 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 the way Kadarius Tony's been mentioned from Urban Meyer, I think Travis Etienne's just like, appreciate that, coach. Appreciate that a lot, man. Oh, so you want to Kadarius Tony? So right. I kid about Travis Etienne, but I do think we are transitioning into a phase where these quarterbacks are making so much money, ha- do have some power. And say, and when they earn the right, yeah. you do wonder if there is this little balance of conversation that takes place. Again, these are conversations we could potentially have down the road about Trevor Lawrence. How much money will he command? How much will we have some soap opera kind of scenes about the back and forth? Even if it's not a real storyline, does the national media make it a storyline? Yeah. Uh, does he want more say in some of it as other quarterbacks get more say potentially? Is there a shift? I'm not it's, saying it's going to happen overnight, but I'm talking some. if this works in Jacksonville some five years down the road, we might run into these kind of conversations that Green Bay's having, Houston's had, Seattle's had. Uh, over the last uh, offseason. See, to me, it's so ironic, and it's the catch-22, because you get the sense that coaches, some coaches in the NFL, they have problems giving the quarterbacks ultimate control. right? Like I feel, I feel like Pete Carroll has got a problem with it. I feel like Matt LaFleur has got a little bit of a problem with it. You guys set this up in the first place. When you gave the quarterback position the red jersey and said, don't hit this guy in practice. Yeah. What, what, when you gave this, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, 10, 11, whatever, how many figures, and said, hey, you're, you're the guy for the next decade, you made that mistake. Yeah. When you want to go ahead and say, and say, hey, let's go ahead and make this more pass-friendly. Let's go ahead and kind of mirror college football. You made the quarterback position important. So now you can't be mad when the quarterbacks want to say, hey, I don't feel appreciated. I'm not getting listened to. You created this mess. Now you got to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, they certainly feel like they are slowly evolving into the megastar of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, where you have some say. Uh, coaching, GMing, all those things. Uh, that we've seen in the NBA. But we'll see how much it translates and who really does have that kind of control. Tom Brady, uh, seven world titles, certainly uh, has earned that part of it. Hey, what's your walk-up song, your favorite one? We still have that to come. More football talk as well and a little NBA. Westbrook and Steph Curry just absolutely killing it these days. Latest on them on the way. We are live at 121 Financial Ballpark, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp season opener, and you can listen to it on ESPN 690. We'll be back right after this. Brent Martineau. It's, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A lot of times when you have a 1-15 team, you have a young quarterback coming in. Your offense is usually the reason why you're a 1-15, and you stink. I don't think that's the case in Jacksonville. The reason they were 1-15 especially was their defense, and not that their offense played great, no facet played great, but their offensive line is equipped pretty nice. This isn't Cincinnati's offensive line. I'm higher on their offensive line than, than maybe other people. Our fans never like the offensive line. But for this year, the offensive line is pretty good, in my opinion, especially the interior. They have Marvin Jones. They have DJ Chark. He's a Pro Bowl guy. LaVisca Chenault. I think a lot of folks like him. What more will they do in the draft? They have zero at tight end. That is the answer to the question. Tight end, tight end, tight end. This offense is pretty well equipped, but they need to add a couple more pieces. Third down back, tight end, and maybe even another weapon at wide receiver for 2021. Then they'll have to remake the offensive line most likely. That is me. Speaking facts, Brent Martino. Martino. I think as you were referred to in the email. Marty and McGee. That yeah. was actually like two Saturdays ago leading into the draft. So Kuz pulled that out because he said, <laughs> see, we get like this uh, sheet yep. that says what sound there is available from ESPN. And I made the made the cut 
I made the cut coups, but tell them the story. Yeah, I was like, oh, someone's talking Jags on the Marty McGee podcast, and then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, this person has a really close name to Brent's. And then I was like, oh, they just spelled Brent's name wrong. <laughs> How yeah. is this spelled again? Oh, it's – oh, hold on. Let me pull it up. It's like, I think it's Martin and then O. Uh, yeah, M-A-R-T-I-N-O. Yeah, yep, because the guy is. reached out to me or Nick, maybe or boss man Nick, and asked <laughs> if I'd be available, and it said Martino. Yeah, um, I was like, well, you know what? That's a good uh, phonetical spelling of it. Not bad, not right? bad. Well, it could be Martino, but it is what could it be is. Martino. Yeah. Uh, the old mentor Stevie Mac used to call me Brentano Martino. Brentano Martino. Yeah. I like. I mean, that's a that's a Sopranos character right there. <laughs> if I've ever heard one. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. This, this was pre Sopranos I like that. too. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can call me Brentano Martino if you want. I think I might just do that, actually. <laughs> um, I love that. But uh, anyway, it was fun joining those guys and uh, Marty, McGee, Marty McGee. And I, I do think, you know, it's interesting. I don't really think about this much. But, you know, we kind of kid around like Jenna Lane and yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. I do think, like, Trevor Lawrence is putting Jacksonville on the map, yep. like, to that degree. Yep. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that degree. Hear that, Coos? Brett's going to leave level. us pretty soon. He's going to be too busy for on ESPN, the big one, to come out with us in, uh, at ESPN 690. Trust me. My money's on you going to ESPN before me. Yeah, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised. Um, uh, I'm working on it. Trying to <laughs> yeah. kick you off the show. Uh, hoping they'll start a new MMA show or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll read you this. I, I just saw, in fact, the Trevor Lawrence... I, I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised on the Trevor Lawrence. Like, I knew Trevor Lawrence a big deal. Yeah. But I didn't know, like, I, I don't say, I don't believe the New York guys, okay? So don't get me on that side of it. Let's not go back there. But I, I also just, I thought Trevor would have to do a little something in the NFL before he would become, boom, star. Yeah. Now, number one pick carries weight. I get it. The, the tops cards. The cool thing with his brother and yeah. uh, his sister-in-law doing the artwork, yeah. like that's understandable. I, I I get that, but I honestly did not understand. I did not anticipate this, uh, and and I think I already shared this on Friday. But Jaguars fans showed out. Trevor Lawrence broke the Fanatics record for most jerseys sold on night one of the NFL draft, hmm. doubling Joe Burrow. Hmm. Doubling. Hmm. Are you surprised at all about that? I mean, now we have like six endorsements. I... We have double the amount of jerseys. Sure. Like. Did you see Trevor Lawrence? I know he's the face of college football in Clemson or in part of the face of college football. I wouldn't say he was the face of college football. but So for three years we got to know him. He's got the hair and all that. But I I didn't know it would translate this quickly yeah. to jersey sales and endorsements across the globe right now. So in order to double Joe Burrow, I am surprised about that. Because if you think about like how that all you know was the culmination, I mean, Joe Burrow wins the Heisman. He wins a national championship. And then he's the first pick of the draft. And he's got a pretty big fan base in the LSU Tigers. Um, and he goes to a city in Cincinnati yeah. that's been aching for a quarterback, right? So it had all the characteristics to be, you know, a fantastic story. He goes there, breaks a jersey selling record, as he should. Now, with Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I mean, much of the same, right? He wins a national championship early on his college career, doesn't win the Heisman, doesn't necessarily end on, on, on the greatest note in college, but obviously there's still a lot of hype around him. Goes to a small market team in Jacksonville, which is obviously once like Cincinnati and dire need of a quarterback, but doubles Joe Burrow. And once again, I mean the Clemson fan base, it's there, it's prevalent, there's tradition there. Don't get me wrong. But I am so surprised that he doubled Joe Burrow's output. Now, in doing that, did you see what draft was it draft bite said about the whole thing? 
Oh, is that guy? I tried to. And I, this I is, blocked oh, him. It's, trust or unfollowed him. I didn't block. Trust I've me, never blocked I unf- anybody. I unf- oh, yeah, I don't. I don't block anybody either. And I've never followed that guy. And I'm ashamed that you actually did follow that guy for a second. I did. But he actually came out and said that he was wrong. Really? He, he, he said for the second time I in, shot his, in his life. He got all over hey, him. He couldn't take it the, anymore. For, for, for the second time in his life, he said that he was wrong. Um, and he wishes Trevor Lawrence the best, and he appreciates Jaguars Twitter. How about that? So, congratulations, Thanks everybody. Jack Twitter, we man. got him. We are winning everywhere. We got him. Winning all over the place these days. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we got him. From posters to draft bites. Who was that? Was that Ronald Reagan? Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Is <laughs> that him? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, sure. third. Uh, hey, uh, Eugene Fredette says this today. Trevor Lawrence represented 28% of new demand on Amazon for NFL jerseys, cards, According to Pattern, an e-commerce company, Justin Fields was 25%, Mac Jones 12 even with the Alabama reach, mm-hmm. Lance 9%, and Zach Wilson 8%. New York! <laughs> New York! Oh, yeah, but it's okay, but it's okay. Yes. New York! Yes, New York. Is, also, New York is yeah. really just right. Uh, right. Okay. Orlando with big buildings. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, and listen, man, gloat all you can. I, I appreciate it. I'm not mad at it, but it's also BYU. Okay, and people are on their mission trips right now. Let them get back to the States first, and then maybe they'll buy some Zach Wilson jerseys. Top team demand was the Cowboys at 25%. Mm, uh, listen, the Cowboys are huge, right? Yeah. Well, they are. I know. And uh, Jaguars end up tying fifth with the Miami Dolphins. Can you go with the, the, the top five? I don't have okay, that. Gotcha. Uh, well, I, I'm stealing this from Frenette. Oh. Just uh, at least he gave, I gave him credit. At least you said the source. I was going to say, at least you said the source. Well, I did. I said it twice. Shout out to our boy, Gene. Uh, but... I mean that still again that's all Trevor. Yeah. That that's uh yes. I'm I'm a little bit surprised I I didn't have <laughs> we've been we've been talking about Trevor for a while. Yeah, I was going to say you're surprised about this, bro? Yeah, I am a little bit surprised at the reach uh, that I wanted to see that. Like there's no surprise to me that Clemson, South Carolina if I go up there in 4 months, they will see a bunch of teal jerseys with 16 on it. Sure. If I go to uh Cartersville, Georgia. Mm. It'll be the same. Mm. No surprise. Around here, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I go up to Southeast Georgia, probably because there's some Jags fans and there'll be new Jags fans. If I yeah. go down to Orlando, I think I'll see it as well. But what I'm talking about to get to this, you got to get guys, people in in Ohio and in Utah and California and Texas and other places to say, I'm wearing my Trevor Lawrence jersey. I can't wait to buy my Trevor Lawrence jersey. And, yeah. I, he's a Southeast kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, given where he's from, where he played, and where now he is in the NFL. I didn't anticipate him having this kind of reach, uh, again, across the country this early. I, I knew yeah. it could be a possibility With just this player. early. No, I mean, I didn't anticipate this much. Um, at the same time, though, I'm going to be honest, Brent, with, with these new developments and with these numbers, these analytics, it's, it's hard to stay humble, though, isn't it? <laughs> it it's, is. it's, it's so hard to stay humble because what does this show us? This shows us that the national media will be forced to talk about Trevor Lawrence because there is a demand for it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Brent. I'll say in a, in a month's time now, when we're you know in the, getting ready for the, the, the training camp to start and all that, or OTAs, whatever it's going to be, I, I'll tell you what, I better turn on the mothership of ESPN, and I better turn on first take, and I better see Stephen A. Smith talking about Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars because that will be a hot-button issue. And two things are going to happen. Either A, he will talk about them, and I'm going to say, <laughs> Hey, Stephen, remember when you remember that whole thing where yeah. you said you don't <laughs> I don't care about Jacksonville? <laughs> it's so hard to stay humble, Brent. Or he's going to stick to his guns, in which case then I, compl- I, I will keep on calling him out and saying, Hey, ESPN, well, what's up with these ratings? You want to get ratings? Trevor Lawrence, let's go. Get my boy Brent Martin on there to talk some Trevor Lawrence. 
So it's going to help us out regardless. Yeah, I, I think it will be uh, very good. So I, I'm uh, that's cool. I think it's a great thing. It's hard by to the way, stay, I like, it's I'm hard not to criticizing. Stay it's, just, it's rough uh, to stay humble. I mean, listen, I'm on Marty Mc, and McGee. I'm in like an article Flex. today quoted. Hey. I mean, I, I understand hey. about staying Flex. humble, man. Flex, Flex. Oh, we know you're on Marty McGee. We heard the interview. Congratulations. But a little bit of a flex, though, huh? I'm the new Jenna Lane. Okay. You are the new Jenna Lane. You People are in the... Tampa will be calling me. Hey, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I mean, is the brand where it needs to be right now? Are you good to go? Because this is big responsibility, Brent. It is. And, and you're doing this for the both of us. I'm going to live vicariously through you, so don't, don't embarrass us. Carry the flag. Okay. For I us. can't wait. Your shoulders are heavy sometimes, but... Yeah. Uh... Anyway, that's, I think it's cool stuff. It's good uh, good for Trevor Lawrence, good for the Jaguars. It's good for everybody. It is. And the ratings across the board for the NFL draft were good. Yes. Uh, here locally, like, I'll gotta be, we did this draft special. I was stunned at the numbers we had for that. Like, yes. our ratings were really strong. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. I didn't know, because it was something different. ABC locally had the draft. Mm-hmm. The numbers were good mm-hmm. for that, too. Yeah. Uh, NFL Network numbers yeah. were good. ESPN Twitter numbers, numbers. were good. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter numbers, you know, everything was good. Everything was yes. good. Yes. So people love their football, man. People love that their football. True. Yes. Uh, so uh, and they love Trevor Lawrence, let's and stay, therefore love the Jacks. Let's stay humble, everybody. And I, like I know that. it's hard. Uh, it's hard out here. Walk up songs on the way. Plus, uh, we got to get to Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook, too. We're live at the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrift season opener. Minor League Baseball starts today. You can listen to the show until 6 o'clock. You can listen to the Jumbo Shrimp game at 6.50. That's when pregame starts right here on ESPN 690. This reminds me a lot also of the Russell Wilson story where he just doesn't feel valued. His opinion doesn't feel valued. Uh, I just think that Aaron Rodgers believes that he should be involved a little bit more in some of the decisions that are made inside this team. I don't think it drove him crazy that they drafted Jordan Love, but I think for him to watch people like Tom Brady get supported the way Brady did in Tampa last year, where basically Brady wanted Antonio Brown. That is something that Aaron Rodgers doesn't think would ever happen in Green Bay. I believe that is Peter King. That's my guess. Yep. Peter King was in town last week. I was a little disappointed in the national guys' coverage of the Jags. Yeah. They wrote some uh, – Judy Batista wrote a very good article on Urban Meyer. Um, you know, Peter King had a couple of nuggets here or there, you know, about the exchanges between Shad Khan and, and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. Uh, but I even tweeted. I said, hey, this might have been my expectation. We've seen it. Mike Silver did something, I think, last year, maybe two years prior, where he was basically behind the scenes of, like, almost every pick mm-hmm. and kind of how it went down. I was anticipating a little bit more of that. Uh, also shows you, though, whether you think like maybe hard knocks or something else. So the Jags were willing to invite some of the national media in. They get a little bit of a glimpse, but they couldn't get all the way in. Yeah. And so it kind of was like, okay, Urban doesn't mind the coverage. Urban's going to be transparent, but he's not going to let you sit next to him in the war room. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or maybe. I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go, but just that's an early example of it because mm-hmm. I thought that's where this was going. And, again, if you go back to Urban Meyer, you look at the Florida days and the Ohio State days. I mean, he welcomed ESPN in with open arms mm-hmm. because I think the college guys really f- thought that helped recruiting. Well, I think there were some things that, that 
Urban's taken with him in terms of the uh, marketing of the Jags to that level. Uh, hard knocks or something like that. We'll see. But uh, I was just, I don't know how to read it exactly, but those are some of my thoughts on it. And I thought we might get another interesting nugget out of the ETN pick or uh, the Dyson Campbell pick from some of the folks uh, that were here across the country covering the Jags. And I didn't really feel that. Although I will say this, I misunderstood where uh, Peter King was. I thought he was going to be here on draft night. He was actually here on the Friday. So he, like, hopped around. Sure. So he was here for the Trevor Lawrence arrival day. Um, which uh, So that made that played it out a little bit different, uh, too. Uh, go back to the Trevor Lawrence arrival day. And I think Peter King did have something in his um, column about, like, a kid asked us if Trevor's hair is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he handled that, like, really well, he said. Sure. Uh, but I was following um, Trevor Lawrence in when he was meeting with the kids, the third graders, mm-hmm. on the arrival. And then once we got through the gates... He was, I don't know, about five steps in front of me because we were going to do an interview shortly after, but he had to go get a COVID test. Okay. And so I was going live on Twitter during, like, his arrival. Sure. And we were kind of just following the whole scene. And I heard him say, and I don't think it was that audible, like, on the video, but he uh, he looked, he looked, kind of turned to his wife, Marissa, mm-hmm. as they entered the gates. He's like, that was very cool. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like this genuine moment of... Like yeah, it was pretty neat that the kids were out there to greet me, and I got a chance to say hello to them. And yeah, I thought I mean, that was kind of kind of neat moment, like this subtle moment that people won't pick up on. I thought sure. it was kind of neat. Yeah, you know, it's always cool that when you get introduced as a franchise, you're taking it all in. Really, your first time in Jacksonville, and um, you essentially go to the place of business where you're going to be at for you know the next four plus years, hopefully. You know, and and you are greeted by. You know, just a bunch of kids, man. And let's be honest, kids don't care about the contracts. All they care about is Trevor Lawrence, the NFL player, um, and, and what you're all about. So that, that's always a cool introduction, in my opinion, to get the kids involved. All right, this Kuz uh, hit the wrong button, so our feed went out for a second, but okay. we're back. Nice. I'll blame Kuz. Kuz, like, he says, don't worry, I'll take care of this. I'm like, well, if you don't, I don't know who's No, yeah, because we're still not going to do it from over here, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all on you. <laughs> so thank you, Kuz. Appreciate it. Uh, NBA, real quick. Do you mm. like the play-in game or no? No, I, mean, I think it's ridiculous. The, the I, whole I think tur- it's, a it's not in a game, really. It's a tournament. No, now. it's a it's a cash grab. That's all it is. It's State Farm, I think. Cash hey, grab. If you want to go to the <laughs> no, for sure. If you want to go to the playoffs, then win during the regular season. Simple as that. Enough said. Cause See, like I it? I completely disagree. I okay. I thoroughly like the play-in tournament because you get the you get the teams. That are in the you know um, sixth and seventh spot that just kind of stop playing at the end of the season because they're good. Now this makes them all compete from the sixth seed all the way down to the tenth seat to the very last game. They're going to be competing as hard as they can. You're going to get good basketball at the end of the season. Okay, but like to me, the whole point of the the playing games was because of COVID and then that bubble because sure. some teams didn't have a fair shake. Now that that's over, you're essentially saying, all right, guys, well, we're going to keep this rule going because it was good for ratings um, and it was good for endorsements, so let's keep this thing rolling. Like I get what you're saying, Kuz, where some teams have to you know, put the pedal to the floor a little more because they got to make that playoff spot. But like at the same time, I mean, you know, it's there's a dog by us. I was just got a little distracted. There's just a dog. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Okay, do we know who Sally is? Nope. Just hanging out? Do- Sally's hanging out. Okay, anyways, yeah, so... um. <laughs> Long story short, no, I'm not for the playoff game. Sorry, there's just a dog just hanging out by us. So, hey, Kuz, uh, this is a little bit different than last year when the, you had to be within, like, three games, right, to get into this pl- the play-in. Now this is, like, 
we're doing it. It doesn't matter if you're three games. It's seven, eight, if, nine, ten. Yes, and, and then, they'll square off to figure out who the seventh and eighth team is. Well, and, yeah. Does so, it still work with a ninth? Or somebody's going to have to beat somebody twice if they're well, yeah, trying so, to catch up. So what the, what will end up happening, uh, from my understanding, is the um, the eight and nine or nine and ten or eight and nine play each other, and then they'll that whoever wins that goes on to the next one, and um, eight and seven will play each other, and then the winner of those two will go on to play each other depending on who gets the eighth seed or the seventh or the seventh seed, and we'll have to play the then one seed or the you know, two seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It'll just, be a, it's really seven and eight, and then nine and ten, mm-hmm. and then the winner plays the loser of the seven and eight, and then that's the determiner of yeah. who gets a seven and it's, eight right. seed. So I don't know, man. Like, uh, I and I think they did it last year. We talked about this a little bit because they wanted to see Zion get to the playoffs. So like, they were trying to help propel him yeah. in there. Now that you know the, the the bubble's done, and we're getting back to a sense of normalcy, if you will. But, like, uh, it's just it's extra basketball. It, it's a cash grab. And, like there's no way a nine or ten or whatever seed is gonna go to the championship. So then why are we worrying that type of team? Because yeah. because there's a potential right now that the Lakers could be in this play-in tournament if they continue losing. So well the, the Lakers had injuries and that's what you get. Right, so, but that's what I'm saying is that could create a really interesting storyline for you know NBA fans. You get the Lakers literally fighting for their lives just to get into the playoffs when they're you know the the you're reigning champs. I'm going to tell you this. I actually do like it. I, I like the idea of it. I think America, I think sports fans, and maybe it's just not America, like tournaments, mm. right? Like the tournament yep. feel. And so I think this gives it more of like a bracket tournament feel than even the playoffs do because that's more like a series feel, which it is. I mean, that's what a series is. So this gives you more of the one-and-done kind of yep. feel going into the playoffs, and I think people like that. Like, well, and- I think we're going to like this. I think this is going to be better than people think. And, yes, it is a cash grab, no doubt. It's also an attention grab. It gives us something to debate a little bit going into the playoffs. I think overall, though, this is going to be a good thing, and I think it's going to be something it, that sticks. It's Should funny. Should NFL do it? Mm. Um, Might as well, right? If, well, you're, if you're all about this, get well, the NFL to do well, it. Play in games for the playoffs. They didn't do that, but they did add a seventh team But I'm last saying, year. Should, should there be a tournament-style bracket, a cash grab, if you will, for the NFL. I think the timing of it would be a lot more difficult. But I don't know if I'd hate it either. Listen, people didn't like the idea of wild cards in baseball for the longest time. Like, they didn't like the concept of it. Now we live by it. You know? I mean, it gives your Milwaukee Brewers a chance in the tough NL Central. Uh, they're right. in first place right now, sir. We are not worried about that. <laughs> nice try, though. So, But I do think people like the wild card now. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think this is something that's going to go over better than others think. Uh, I do I do believe that. We'll see. Uh, still a little more hoop talk a little bit later. We've got football at 5 coming up. Uh, let's do it next. We are live at the ballpark, 121 Financial Ballpark, home of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It's season opening nights here in minor league baseball. And right here in Jacksonville, you can listen to it on ESPN 690.